This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13 Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast whose milkshake definitely brings all the boys to the yard <laughs> my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode uh we close out our dog days of summer as we kind of cronenberg a few of our favorite predators into a good old boy and talk 1993's man's best friend and whether you've taught a parrot to swear or not you can listen into our show simply search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are played hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode we'll download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your mail hole <laughs> and technically we're kind of doing mail things on social medias mm-hmm. m-a-i-l exactly uh we are on twitter if it still exists at nightmare junk uh, and we're on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans. And thank goodness it's puppet shenanigans. You're not kidding. And as this episode is going to be releasing on a Friday, July 28th, uh, if you find yourself, uh, just, I guess, puppeting around in the Kansas City area, mm-hmm. go on over to screenland.com where they will have your puppet shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and possibly virtually. Uh, more importantly, though, go to the Friday Night Fright tab that now exists because mm-hmm. the Friday this episode is releasing, our latest Friday Night Fright is actually going to be playing throughout the week. Yeah. Throughout the weekend, but only at Friday Night Frights. We're giving it the Friday Night Fright treatment. You're getting the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That is, of course, customized pre-show, customized trailers. Trivia, all that good stuff. Shenanigans. But more importantly, I think we'll be your reaction to this movie mm-hmm. as i'm lucky enough to have already seen it yeah you vetted this and i vetted it to the point where i think i know i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. i know it's made for a particular audience that may not necessarily be us mm-hmm. but i think there's enough good stuff in it that whether you like it or not i think will create an interesting possible discussion down the cool. line let's just say it is australian yeah it deals with teens mm. <laughs> and it does have some very brutal, brutal bits of violence. Ah, okay. I do like Teen Comeuppance. Well, and it's also the feature film debut by a pair of brothers, uh, Danny and Michael Philippou. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which I find fascinating that this is their first film because it's very, um, uh, they were self assured yeah. in this movie. They definitely had a voice. So, I'll be curious to see your reaction. Now, that being said, uh, looking forward to next Friday Night's Fright. Actually, the start of a kind of a two-week tour abroad. Mm-hmm. We're, we're taking a little mini vacay across the pond. Yes, we are. We're the channel. The, oh, the channel. We're actually going into an area of we actually devoted a month to, mm-hmm. and it's a very divisive genre or subgenre that is the new French extremity. New wave. And it's a movie I've never seen. Me neither. And it's actually also directed by a duo. A duo that actually directed uh, Inside. Oh. Exactly. And that's, and I've seen that, but oh, I know why I've probably avoided watching it. Right. But also, did you see the Leatherface, uh, the prequel, I believe, the one that's just called Leatherface? The one where he's in the insane asylum? Yes. Yes. That was, they directed that as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So Livid is one, though, I've, I'm not familiar with. Mm-mm. And Me as far neither. as I'm, why I understand it, I think we might actually be the very first time it actually has played theatrically in the U.S. Oh, wow. According to Adam. Oh, wow. Yes. Very cool. A little gravitas with that. Yeah. And I'm glad we're that going in. fancy. I'm going to put on my monocle. And that's just it. But it's the fact that it's also, it's it's the new French extremity. So please beware. You know it's going to get brutal. It's going to get gnarly. Because we've never seen it before, so we can't say, okay, watch out for this, watch out for this. We're just going to be shocked and aghast, but you are. I'm hoping that I don't like. Ha ha! 
Like I don't have one of those moments because I've known to because I had the first time I saw murders when that girl opens the door and go boom. <laughs> right. So like <clears throat> I don't mean to be a monster. You be you. But it's some things just tickle my fancy. Listen, there's a reason that I soloed the House of a Thousand Corpses. You do you, my friend. Play your lane. Do what works. Now, that being said, something that's not necessarily uh, family-friendly to the uh, repertory screening that is actually happening the weekend of the 28th, and uh, that's Saturday the 29th, the outdoor uh, movie screening. Mm -hmm. It's an I've seen that for me. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was just the age, just on the precipice of being aged out of it uh-huh but i know enough of it but i know it's in your wheelhouse but uh the mighty morphin power rangers movie go go power rangers my brother was into power rangers because mm-hmm. my brother is like about eight years younger than me okay and so he was into power rangers pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff so consequently i was also into pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff so because I would come home and go, hey, let's watch Power Rangers. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, Batman's coming on right after. Mm-hmm. I want to watch Batman's, but I'll watch Power Rangers with you. And so we'd watch Bulk and Skull and all that. And so he goes, the movie's coming out. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll go take it to the movies. Cool. I'll go with you. That's how I saw the Pokemon movie in the theater. And that's why I saw the Power Rangers movie in the theater. And I dug it. Ivan Ooze. Look like Apocalypse. It's crazy. <laughs> I And I've always thought the Power Rangers are like secretly kind of cool. And now I don't even have to be ashamed of it because like fucking it's basically kaiju. It, very much so. It's borrowed all that stuff. That's a whole nother world that I think a lot of kids like reverse engineered into. Now, I haven't got into the Power Rangers because there's like much like Common yeah. Rider. Yep. So much. There's so much out <laughs> it's there. It's intimidating. But at the same time. Something cool about like those old school ones, guy in a rubber suit, guy in a rubber mech suit going mm-hmm. around smashy, smashy. So, yeah, I was down. It's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. Now, there are no other repertory screenings that are happening the weekend of the 28th. However, I imagine still going strong uh, will be Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I know last week I said I was really excited because of a particular I thought I was going to be able to pre- break out a particular uh, gong. Uh-huh. <sighs> Sad to say, I don't want to say I want to spoil anything. No dong. But we do get some low-hanging Killian Murphys. Oh yeah, Inter- yeah. There's okay. There's some interesting sex scenes that are involved that that are included mm-hmm. that actually really make sense narratively. So we see we see the little boys, but not the fat man. <laughs> that is it. There it is. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but also playing then is still Barbie, and oh right. my goodness, I want to see it. Let me just say this: uh, when we're at the House of a Thousand Corpses, the night we did House of a Thousand Corpses, uh-huh. they sold out that weekend. They sold out every single Barbie screening that was playing in theater one, two, or three. They they had to rotate it occasionally, but the wave of pink. I mean, and it was like a like a river of Pepto Bismol, mm-hmm. but just beautiful because of it, systemic diarrhea. But but and I mean that in the best way because there were Lots so many people, so many varied. I mean, young, now, old. Here's the thing: they're always talking about. Oh man, much props to the people who see both in the same day. But the ones that I'm more interested in are the people who've seen the Barbie movie and then went to see House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm sure someone did. I guarantee that, you that, someone that's, did. And the people who've seen all three in that same day, that you are 100% our right. people. You are your people. Our people? Oh, my goodness. Well, that being said, speaking of our people, uh, I know not all you get to live, uh, be lucky enough to be here in the Kansas City area and actually attend and do a lot of the good stuff we have here at Screenland. So if you would like to support from afar, uh, the easiest way to do that is become a member of their film family. And the easiest way to do that is to go to uh, patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, hey, if I'm talking Patreon and film family. Hey, bellies. Thankfully, we also have a great group of people uh, that we call our pallies. Mm-hmm. And actually this week, uh, regardless of your tier, be it the Squidly Diddly, the I've seen that, the Another Time, the Other Place, you're going to have access on Saturday to our latest Shutter shout-out. Uh-huh. Uh, the two films that we're going to be watching, and this is a, there's a number of ways that you can call it, that characterize this doubleheader, but I'm going to call it a Camping with Character Actors double feature. Like it. Like it a lot. Because we're going to be taking in a film that we've seen. Character Actor Camp. 
and it's been on the main feed. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking 1981's uh, The Burning. Ooh, 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 ooh. McDeluxe? Oh, of course, that'll be in the pre-show. Okay, okay, Of course, good, that's okay, going to be in good, the pre-show. Good, 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 It's good, like anything good. with Jason okay, Alexander okay, all right, is a wealth all right. of riches it's, that I can pull from. It's weird. First of all, it's weird singing him sing and dance, and then it's weird singing him sing and dance with a lot of hair. That's it, Jerry! He's over there. He that's, can do better, but without his giant-ass wallet holding him down. And we're going to get to eventually <laughs> the, the yellow face issue here, but the person that was donning yellow face in the Short Circuit series... Is also in this film. Yep, Fisher Stevens. Mm-hmm. Along and, with, and and short circuit with Ellie Shooty. Yes. Oh, we've got the connection. Believe yeah. the connection is made. Now that being said, that's a movie we've seen multiple times. Now the we're gonna pair it. Is made. We're gonna be. Came out in the nineties, right? Elastica. We're gonna get very nineties <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Believe you me. From rollerblades to that. But the, the, the closing bit of our double feature, I actually watched a few years ago for the first time because I actually watched it as part of a double feature with Just Before Dawn, Ooh. which showed up on the main feed. Right. Because Mel and Hillbillies <laughs> and, and, Hill- and, and, and elbow, fist, deep. elbow deep fist knuckle sandwich. <laughs> but this one is also I watched and you want to talk about you're going to have some Rick Dalton moments because I know you're going to be watching this for the first time. Mm-hmm. But the final terror has... Daryl Hannah. Oh, yeah. The guy that played Perfect Tommy. Oh, yeah. Adrian Zamed. Uh huh. And is the feature film debut of Joey Pantliano. Oh, it's fucking dark in here. Joey Pants and Daryl Hannah. That's great. Fucking great. Now, of course, both of those are streaming on Shutter, but by joining the film family, you're going to have access to. What do you call it? It's the home game. Where we put together a customized Mm -hmm. pre-show. Video introduction where Genius and I will give you some uh, facts, context, and some insight, ideally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trailer reel for each movie. And then, of course, uh, the post-film discussion. Of which it's going to be fun. Can I get you in some uh, short shorts, some jean shorts? No. Damn it. Because there's a lot of meat that I got, man. It's going to overflow. Oh, Lord. That is true. We that it is a visual component, so we do keep that in mind. Right, right. And, so. Or we'll just have to like blur it out. <laughs> it's just gonna be like, just, like I'm gonna have to put it, like a big blanket over me. No, 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 no. There's reasons why I wear jeans on the on the, on camera most times. Now to get access to that and believe me, a whole lot more. Uh, head on over to patreoncom junkhead where actually here in July we do have a lot. In fact. Uh, the following Monday will be the new horror episode where I think it probably will be talk to me. Mm-hmm. If it's something else, something really went bad then on that Friday night fright. Let's just say that. Either that or like it's going to pull so much ire, almost R.E.S. You're like, hey, genius, talk to me. God damn it. And like, so we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. We'll see. If well, we're yeah. ta- today we're talking about another something. We're talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Why? That's the only thing that'll calm him down. Yeah, that's only- <laughs> Okay, and then you're over there like, hey, little buddy, come gather around. This here's the very best. Woosa, woosa, no. eating in town, hungry heifers. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm going I'm to make a little black medical book for this podcast in lieu of something. This is what we need to do to bring genius out of that. Well, no, and I didn't watch Stranger Things, but wasn't it was the Kate Bush song, her like way to not? I didn't be taken watch in? the. I didn't watch the last show. Okay, I mean the last three. But I have to imagine that's like your thing. And you know point. what? Here's the thing. I don't even know if I want to watch the last of the last season because that Kate Bush song has been it's ran into the goddamn ground. You know what I'm saying? And it is like everywhere. It, I feel bad because I only took in the first season. Mm-hmm. I like However, the first two seasons. I know enough to keep up with yeah. conversations with it because it's just part of the popular conscious. You know right. what's not part of the popular conscious? In fact, probably is going to be some of our lowest listened to episodes because dogs are four-legged friends. Anytime we put them in danger or terror, as we've seen this month with the Dog Days of Summer, mm-hmm. we've gone on a journey. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. All over time periods, all over the world, all over. The fact that we've gone... We've sampled from the 1970s, and uh, mm-hmm. honestly, 1976's Dogs. Ooh, that was great. That was, that was a great That's, opener. Great I, opener. I Fucking still, Ducky. Yeah, I still genuinely enjoy the movie, mm-hmm. the experience, the fact that the closing thing with a cat. Cat. Yeah. Which, let's just say, maybe next year, <laughs> Yep, we kitty, might be leaning there. We might be going to the Scratching over there. 
We then went into the 1980s with Watchers, mm-hmm. with Corey Haim, mm-hmm. with, with Michael Ironside. <laughs> Be doing what Michael Ironside do. As he do. And then last week's... White God. That was, that was, that was a trip. From 2014, so a contemporary film, and one that I still... I, I tried to talk to some of my co-workers about it it's but harder to scream especially once you say dog fighting exactly like, okay. i and they know i love dogs they know i love charlie i hope all of our listeners right. realize these are tough watches and we understand if you do not watch the movie if you just listen to the episode or even just listening to the episode is tough i totally understand mm-hmm. however i i've been thoroughly entertained i feel somewhat enlightened in a way, with some of these films, especially when we go international. Yeah. But then when we when putting everything together, this was the movie I knew, number one, I wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. But number two, I thought would be the best way to probably close whatever journey we had with ever the, fir- the first three films that we put together. Because when we announced the next month was the Dog Days of Summer, instantly people were like, oh, you're going to talk about Cujo and you're going to talk about Man's Best Friend. And we're like, well... well we already it, talked about Cujo recently we did, with, yeah, with Madness. Yep. And like not saying that that's too low hanging fruit, but we try to we try to go a little bit more deeper or well, something, especially movies that we haven't seen. That's just it. You know? Explore the yeah. genre because Because why not? Yeah, why not indeed? We can retread a lot of the same stuff over and over again, but movies that we haven't seen or better yet, haven't seen in a long time to revisit. We, that's what we're going to go for. And knowing then that you had seen this movie, but it had been a long, long time, time since the Showtime days. Which goes right back to Watchers, mm-hmm. to one that I've never seen before. Just know by reputation. Mm-hmm. I've listened to podcasts talk about it. And the fact that looking at it, you know, the fact that they've, you know, spliced together a number of things in our good old boy, they've spliced together some incredible actors and artists in this movie. But before we go into that, let's talk about the bait and switch aspect of it because I know I rented it Right too. off the bat, the VHS cover? The VHS cover because is... I know I rented it as well now, and watched it because I thought the movie was cool then and I still do. And listen, we grew up in a day and age where the VHS cover... Sold the movie. It told it, the story ideally. It had to. If, and, it, and it set expectations. I can tell you right now, if you want to talk about a bait and switch... Uh, the Death Stalker cover promised some Frenzetti, incredible stuff. Yes, Frenzetti looking cover. Anytime you throw Frenzetti esque in there, uh-huh. the expectations are way exactly. too high. You expect a certain thing, mm-hmm. and if you don't get it, you get disappointed and or and angry. Number one, what do we know right off the bat? We get with this VHS cover, Lance Hendrickson. L- Welcome back, Lance Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson to the pod. Let me. Okay. Banana, banana, I had a chance to watch a contemporary film of his. Uh, he actually closes the third act out in the recent Artifice Girl, uh, that played at Panic this year's Panic Fest. Mm-hmm. And I think he is one of those actors that I just don't think that enough people really appreciate. You, when we go to Crypticon, and we're like, the idea is to let these actors and artists know we really appreciate your work. Right. The work he's done. And it's, still And continues doing, to this day, does, yes. He's been working since at least the early 70s, and he continues to work and put out all genre, oh, and, and all types of genres, and just knocks it out of the park every single time. And Even ev- when he phones it in, it's still a great performance by Lance Hendrickson. And that's just it, because he still has the face, mm-hmm. he still has the voice, mm-hmm. and much like a lot of the characters, he's got actors, the chops and the moxie, and he knows what to do. He he's lived a boxcar life. Yeah, he has. Uh, he's lived a life. He's lived his character. I, the, and every time we show a movie with Lance Hendrickson, and I'm always looking up the, for the genius facts and stuff. One of the great ones that always stuck out is the time that him and Paxton, oh god, were rolling around in um, the panhandle of uh, Texarkana. Right near dark in full on makeup, they get pulled over by the cops. They're in full character. The cops let them on their way because they freaked the cop out. He intimidated the cop, and it's you. You can, taught him everything he knew, but not everything I know. God damn! Every time you see Lance Henderson come on the screen, you're just like, God damn! Well, and the fact even then they collaborated before that, and that was the the best part with Near Dark, especially if you were an Aliens fan mm-hmm. of rolling into that, going, wait. 
It's aliens with vampires. Yeah. Wow. And it's a it's a western. And the fact that he's worked with everybody in the yes, game. Yes, he Pumpkinhead, has. Like, oh, you cause the soil head hottie. Right. Just everything. I mean, uh, and then going down for deeper cuts. Fucking the visitor. You want to talk about things that make up the DNA of this show? The visitor, the visitor theme. Uh huh. Are. Our, when we were at Chicago for to see John Carpenter live, when we walked in, and you're like, listen, I think it's about to play the visitor thing. I'm like, shut up. It is not done. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. We're home. Yeah. It's, it's very much part of the show. And it's you got a young Lance Hendrickson, but he still looks. Oh, look old Lance Hendrickson. Uh, he looks I, the same since the 70s. And, He's a vampire. He is a vampire. But that's why I think he continues. Not only does he continue to work, but that's why he just continues to stand out. He's been killed by a Terminator, a Predator. Yeah. Uh, a, along with Paxton. An alien, a xenomorph. You it's know, unreal. He's been killed by all sorts of different He's been things. taken out by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, he's been taken out by Brian Bosworth. <laughs> Which... Happy I, Hendrickson. I still might be one of my favorite performances of his. I love his performance in that movie, especially when he's all priested up. He's very Nick Cage uh, in the opening of baseball. So I know we did it on Nerds and Nostalgia, but maybe uh, when we still go outside on our Aprils, we can do you, we some Craig R. Baxley. We got we to gotta start writing these down. Listeners, if you're out uh, there and you've been listening for many, a while, too many. do a list, because I think we forgot the list of all our like potential off-brand april that's just it it's it's fun to go off-brand however he belongs in genre in horror and he also is genre he's probably one of the crying <laughs> examples of a genre character actor well you know what movie he was in hmm. and what also i think is kind of promised on the vhs cover to get us back to that terminator oh from all the things from a laser sighted, in this case a trank gun to a to a half metal faced dog. Which with with the glowy eye and everything. Which led me and I think every single person that rented that movie to anticipate a robot dog. Terminator Terminator dog mm-hmm. style. And I don't want to spoil anything for a movie that's at this point. Oh, technically, did we even give this a honorable mention in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness? I think we did. I think we did. Oh, because this is a 30 year. We had to. We had to have because if we're talking about Lance Hendrickson, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure this is one where like we couldn't fit a theme wise because like, yeah, we're probably under the assumption it was a robot dog. like, well, we've already done Chopping Mall in 83, so let's fucking, we can't put that together. And I hadn't vetted it. I probably was like, yeah, I've seen that genius. I know right? what you're talking about. And I couldn't remember, like, I haven't seen it since fucking Showtime. Well, the thing that I could have, I've seen that my way through it is the co-star of this film. And I don't know if this is officially her first film that she's involved with on the podcast because we've referenced her quite often. But uh, welcome to the show, Ali Sheedy. Yeah, Ali Sheedy. She's got this weird thing going on with like taking in wayward science experiments gone amok. <laughs> she has a type. She does. She does. And I, 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 we mentioned it before, but if you haven't gone back to the the short circuit franchise, oof, and it's, just, it's great though because those locals kick your ass, and so it's like it. Well, that's a moment I, you, you know, and Senior Lynch like, had. It was wonderful. But Ali Sheedy also, every time we mention The Breakfast Club, we always go into bat for her character. Exactly. You know what? She got done dirty. She was better no. before the makeover. Now Just that, saying. That being said, outside of the Brat Pack stuff, mm-hmm. I actually saw in the theater, made to order. The Jennifer Lopez movie? Or? No, 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 no. Long before that. This was, I'm talking one of those, okay, it would have been late 80s, but this but would have been one of those films where she was trying to veer her own direction and stand out mm-hmm. from all the other Brat Packers, and it's um, kind of a fish out of water film. Shenanigans. 1987. Yeah. But then also... Gotta go. Oh, go ahead. War games. That's just it. I also remember her fondly from War Games, but she's all she's. Oh, she's an X Men movie. Holy she, shit! And don't forget the OG Bad Boys, which uh, EA Asi Morales. Asi Morales. Asi Morales is in the new Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. Which who was also in Bad Boys, but also yes, we got. She's another worker working actress. She oh yeah. Oz. With a snip snip here and a clip clip there and a couple of party dots. No, that's the wrong Oz. 
Um, she was. <laughs> but oh, no, wow. it's nice <laughs> to have her in this movie. And apparently, as we did uh, the research, as they said, or thanks, uh, good bad flicks, uh, she was looking forward to actually go into something that was genre related rather than a lot of the people that got their start in genre and then distance themselves from it. Mm-hmm. At that point, she's like, no, uh, I'll do a horror film. She's down for horror. Which is kind of rad. Now, we knew going in, Lance Henriksen was involved. We knew going in, Ali Sheedy was involved. Mm-hmm. We knew going in, there would be a dog. Mm-hmm. However, one of the things I talk about on the I've Seen That feed where I watch and react to a film is the Rick Dalton moments. Of the stuff, the people that are involved that you didn't know, yeah, and you know, via the credits and this and that. And what's great is we had people that we recognized in the credits via name, and then down the line, we had the people that we recognized via face. But right off the bat, uh, we have the special effects work of Kevin Yeager, yes, which we we immediately were like, okay, good, <laughs> we know we're in good hands. He can do some. He can do some cool shit. He can do. He can do electronics. Uh, he's he's all over. We get this is shot by the great Mark Irwin, mm-hmm. and he shot amongst other things Scream, but more importantly, he shot I Come in Peace. Go in pieces. He shot everything. Yeah. He's just that guy. He's that guy. But then also, welcome back. Just a few episodes ago, the individual that scored the Watchers, <laughs> good old Joel Goldsmith, <laughs> which. You heard it again, and it's like we're in the... Like, certain, oh, there, there it is. is. There it is. There it is. It was great. So pedigree-wise, we know it's going to be shot well, scored well. The special effects are going to be cool. And then like, oh, hey, here's the cops. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's those guys. And here's the mechanic. Hey, it's him. Holy shnike. And I, listen, I just watched Oppenheimer, and for three hours, you do have Rick Dalton moments because they are pulling people that I forgot existed. Really? From the 90s. And I'm like, wait, because I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say a character actor has on it kind of aged into a, another character actor. Really? Who sadly passed away. But let me just say this. If we ever need an anguish remake, I've got the guy. It's 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 uncanny. Okay. It's uncanny. Okay. But the world could use some more Michael learners. <laughs> but when we had when we started seeing all these people in these familiar faces, the, the detective. Okay, the first detective, and that is Robert Costanza. Robert Costanzo, excuse me. And holy shnikes. He is he's a he's working an, working actor. Everything. And typically, if you need kind of an Italian bad guy, mm-hmm. but I guarantee Mount Baldy recognizes this guy as he uh, starred opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger and Total Recall as yep. Harry. He's the guy that goes, recall, recall, recall. And that's when you can immediately put the face to like, the name. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy. And he's great in this. He's fantastic. Fucking, he was in the this. sergeant in uh, Die Hard 2. He oh. was in Saturday Night Fever. He was Sal in the original City Slickers. He's everywhere and tv movies like you said a lot of these character actors are working actors yeah and they elevate every single role they're in every single film they're in including frederick lenny who was no no the the bad boyfriend oh the bad boyfriend was another that guy Mm -hmm. now here's the thing i recognize him immediately now and i know exactly and out met Dustin, I'll give you another shout out. He's the pilot in Con Air. Okay. And you recognize, you go, oh yeah, that guy, because he's only got a small little part, but he makes the most of it. And that's kind of what, you know, the good character actors do. That's why we're talking. That's why we're talking. Like, oh, that guy. Now, okay, you mentioned the other detective, Senior Jay. Mm hmm. The other detective. Oh, he's in Chaos with with Jason Statham. And he's in uh, Get Carter. And seven, he's one of the cops in seven. So no, he's one of those like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, it it they're everywhere in this film. Yeah, and that's what. And these are our main characters. Oh, they're every and yeah, they we follow the film with them. Mm-hmm. They stay with us. Yeah. until typically, the comeuppance comes. And now, oh, let's okay. Last shout out character actor that guy, William Sanderson. Which, <laughs> he was in Blade Runner, but most of you would know him as. Cousin Daryl with his other cousin Daryl and his other cousin Daryl from the Newhart show. And if you hold any goodwill towards 
those characterizations, it's going to go right out the window yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. As, He's over there being a terrible junkyard owner. Oh, my goodness. And now, let's before we get into specifics of the film, let's Shall talk, we go into our Yelp review? Let's talk the Yelp review okay. as... Let's start right off the bat. Yes. The address, the elephant in the room. Yes. Probably the beef you had. 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 had, I think. Had. This this movie almost soured me. This movie almost, I'm like, who's the man who had the dead dead? Who's the dog that is not quite the always bestest boy? This old dog. Oh, Max. (laughs) Technically, multiple moments that I... One moment that took you out. Mm-hmm. One moment that took almost took both of us out. Let's talk the Yelp. Let's talk. Let's talk the cat in the bag. Let's talk about the cat in the bag. Woo! So this is the thing where you're almost reminding me, like, oh yeah, I have seen this movie, and I almost played, and I played it for laughs back then, but not anymore. Mm-mm. So there's a scene where the two boys. We already know that Max is this mutant dog, and <laughs> so they're running around. These two boys are like, hey. There's that mean lady old and her mean old cat, and he's that cat's always trying to scratch. And I'm like, well, fucking, he's not gonna try and scratch you unless you're fucking with him. Leave him alone, and he'll leave you alone. Anywho, like <laughs> let's let's get him. Sick him, Max. Sick him. Now they sick Max on the dog. I'm and I'm gonna blame it all on the kids. There's no such thing as a bad dog, just bad dog owners. True, but I don't know how far along that goes with the like the the dog is like. But, no, you know what? But also, you're right. It's not. It's not the dog's fault, especially the my, kids were egging him on. Because if he was a Frankenstein, because I'm thinking if he was a Frankenstein, it's not his fault that mm-hmm. he's got. He's but Frankenstein. Listen, today I was at the dog park. Uh huh. There was these kids outside of the dog park. They were mock. They were mocking Charlie, Groot, and Jackpot. And Groot, fuck those kids. Oh well, that's just it. Groot started barking at him, and Nicole's like, Groot, no, and she zapped him. I was like, I don't know. I think they're the kids, and sure enough, the kids were being kind of not aggressive. But they were taunting, uh-huh. and Groot and Charlie were barking playfully. Right. It was not aggressive, but you know you don't want to be barking at kids. But the second that she saw that they were taunting, she's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's cool. Fuck them They're kids. They're just yeah. reacting, yeah, you know, as they do. So they shouldn't have egged him on, right? As soon as they saw the cat climb the tree, because it got scared, right? <laughs> good, cat it's good cat acting. Good cat <laughs> acting. And then as soon as they see the dog. His claws come out and he starts climbing the tree like he's a fucking puma. Like he's an extra on the old Batman series. Right? Exactly. They should have said, okay, Max, stop, Max, stop, Max. Bring him in. Stop, Max. Right? No, not you. Oh, he doesn't care. And so, uh, next thing you know, this cat is being eaten in this mod. Now, what I mean by eaten, I'm not like, no, no, no blood. No blood. He's being swallowed whole, like into this mod. And, the cat looks fucking real, and it looks. I'm like, that cat's in pain. That cat's not liking this at all. And I was that, like, is, that is a direct quote while we were watching this film. <laughs> and I immediately, and I was like, oh no. And my inner alarm went on, like, oh no. <laughs> and for a minute there, I was like, I mean, it's processing. I needed to be like, at a moment you actually said out loud, it's like, it's going to take us something to win me back here. Right. <laughs> now, that is to be said. As we have throughout the entirety of this month, we've watched from the second the movie has started to the second the movie ends to ensure. To make sure that there is no animals being harmed. All above board. And hey. That no animals are being harmed. No spoilers here, but hey. And no animals are being harmed. And then the fact, because that cat puppet looks super real. And I was like, okay, maybe they're trying to, because I've tried to pull the cat from somewhere. And they're resisting. And they're like, ah. And it looks like they're in pain, and I know that they're not because exactly. I'm like, I'm come on, you're being dramatic, right? So I'm like, okay, that's a little bit of saving grace on that. If that was the case, if that was the case, fine. But then later on, we're doing, a little, we're iffy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was a puppet created by Kevin Yeager, and, and that's so why like, it looks okay, so good. Cool. That's right, why it was cool. so convincing, genius. Right? Then, then, okay. So another part of the Yelp review is the animal exper- experimentation at the beginning. Oh, that looked real, but it also didn't because there was some parts where, oh, that sad kitten with the big like blood stain on his face. Oh, that broke my heart. <laughs> there, there was the monkey that had the name of Goner. Goner. Oh. and it it was the same monkey that had the exposed had the, had brain. The exposed brain and the exposed brain. It looked like. It looked like Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. <laughs> it kind of did. You know? Well, you know, 
that's fair enough because in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, we have an aspiring reporter mm-hmm. that's looking to like mix it up. Right. And that's what Ali Sheedy's character <laughs> is doing. <laughs> Maybe that's Ali Sheedy joins the coven. There we go. She would have been a welcome, welcome member. Don't rough with this, man. <laughs> so, no. So, so that's another thing. Now, it the the, the brain exposed brain looked kind of goofy, but also like, oh, but the the ones with the the, the I think they the, maybe one or two of the animals actually probably were abused and now working animals because some of the missing eared ones and stuff like that they looked real and not to make light of it but it is there's that actor in Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. the, the the zombie that right but listen. it's also good to know that if the dogs and the animals that they use in the experiment did have missing parts at the beginning that they now have good homes mm-hmm. and they're not used for medical experiments anymore yeah they found their forever homes. So there's a dog. There they is don't, that. They don't show any experimentations being on. They no. just show a lot of the aftermath or in some, the background. In the background. And then there's also played for laughs. Um, dog rape. Let's talk about the un, scene un, that unimplied me. Unimplied dog. They don't show anything, but it's heavily implied, and it's not. And it's played for laughs. And it's I know it's like, well, how can we tell a dog consents, right? Right. But listen, the way that's shot. The way, the, in context. The way he's very aggressive and she's, and it's, listen. She's hiding and running away from him. There's a generation of us that were raised on Pepe Le Pew cartoons. Mm-hmm. And even then, I was just like, well, he's, he's a great. I grew up with Buddy from just one of the guys. There's that whole... Right, 70s, 80s, another time, but another place. There you go. But this just felt weird. It was off, and and the Paul Anka puppy love music playing in the background. Oh god! Like I said, it was played for laughs, and it was to add a scene again, another time, another place. But at the same time, it just it just felt weird. Well, and it's appropriate given the tonal shifts that this film takes throughout the movie, because in one way, this film would fit right along. With the Beethoven series, exactly. With the Airbud series, with some sort of like family-friendly, one of those family-friendly movies that you get in the mail. You throw Charles Grodin in instead of Lance Henriksen, mm-hmm. and you've got actually something that I would still continue to watch. Right. Actually, technically, Charles Grodin hunting him down as a you know an obsessed doctor is still actually pretty good. Charles Grodin's Loomis. I shot him six times. Six times. That's I'm six not times. getting excited. I'm not doing any more than six. Six is what you paid me for, and six is what I did. But it's also with the Joel Goldsmith score is shenanigan themes. And it is shenanigans because like, oh, there's a kid on rollerblades going to get drugged along. Ah, oh. There's the mailman. Shenanigans are going to happen. Uh, uh-oh. There's the mean old mugger, and he's saving shenanigans. He's barking. He wants to come in because he's lonely outside. Shenanigans. We've seen those shenanigans. Right. They're very we've, chaste family shenanigans. Yeah, we've seen them. I'm shit. Um, and the one I won't watch again, though, but like the Tom Hanks one, Turner uh, and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. We'll stay clear from that. Uh, but the- I can't watch Hachi. Oh, my God. Hachi. Well, there's, again, there's a generation of us that were raised with these kind of films, just the dog as the companion, mm-hmm. as the, the one that like basically kind of kicks off the shenanigans. Right. As we kind of saw with White God with that initial siege before the, the, the kill list came out. Right. But technically, this whole thing does come about from kind of very relevant issues of the animal testing that was the onion of the belt. that And the exposés, mm-hmm. the fact that like a hard copy... This is something you would have seen Absolutely. back in the day. Absolutely. Some, some hard-hitting investigating. You and, remember me seeing 60 Minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this was the kind of social media before social media. Mm-hmm. The kind of stuff that you could watch around 1030, depending on where you grew up. But that's where you got that kind of information. Just it was all over the place. Um, I do want to say a last Yelp review. The, the Max trauma at the very end. Uh-huh. The shotgunning and the various trauma that the fake Kevin Yeager put together. The the junkyard trauma? Oh, oh yeah, the junkyard. Oh, my God, Cousin Daryl. So, listen, yeah, there is there is that. That being said, I got through it. Yeah. And I will, I'm will. i going to say this right now. I was legitimately entertained with this movie beyond 
the souring, um, that is going to be the one thing that yeah. I'm going to have an issue with. But beyond that, I was shocked at how much fun I had with this film, how mo- many times we kind of cheered at one point with the uh, the, uh, the 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 paperboy kid. <laughs> and I don't know if it speaks to the level of your monstrosity because immediately when we saw the... When we saw the kid on a bike, what did You're we like, do? Yay! He's gonna get fucked up. Well, because we were thinking like, okay, depending if the kid's like, he's just a happy-go-lucky kid doing a paperboy shit. Mm-hmm. If he is on the up and up, and he accidentally like, you know, hits, and then the dog comes out and chase, then we got the funniness. But the fact that the <clears throat> if he missed, no harm, no foul, yay, and maybe chase. But the fact that he hits the dog, and the dog's like, oh fuck you, jumps <laughs> over the fence, chases the boy down, and. Fucks up his bike, and we're like, oh. oh, yeah, fuck that dog up. And then the dog just basically looks and like looks at him. He's like, called away. He's like, you're lucky, bitch. And then just walks away. And then the kid's like, <laughs> just starts to cry. Now, tell, tell our listeners, genius, what did you do after the kids started crying? <laughs> what I'm doing right now, laughing. <laughs> Having a hearty chuckle. And... The fact that the kid didn't get mauled, it was kind of like, that's a bummer. However, <laughs> long-lasting worked. trauma? Yay! <laughs> Yay! You know, sometimes emotional scars turn for the better scars. Because <laughs> it was just that pause, like, huh? <laughs> well, the, well, it's, Your comeuppance has come. They don't have the balls enough to go Stephen no, King approve. No. But they do have the balls enough to go, let's go Dean Koontz approve. Let's yeah. emotionally scar them. They'll, they'll, they'll get a chuckle. <laughs> but then from the extreme laughs to the point that both of us, and not to like quote us directly, but I believe we both said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we did. Was when Henriksen comes creeping in on the, t- the camera lady. It's the camera lady. He comes in and... It's, so he does this weird kung fu shut up, you know, I'm behind you and I'm incapacitating you move. But he comes in <laughs> from the bottom and it almost looks like he's coming in cross armed from the bottom, takes the long way up the torso and then incapacitates them around their neck. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? I don't think it scared us so much as it was just unnerving it was just like when matthias hughes comes running out from behind of the explosion like, jesus so the human body can do that mark Irwin knows how to freak us out when it comes to the cinematography <laughs> and it's and it's funny because he po- breaks it out later in the Again. movie and we're like oh, god he comes out of nowhere like he's the shape <laughs> well you know he actually went for to read for the part of the terminator and it would kind of make sense because he would probably fit in a little bit more to infiltrate versus the... Well, they didn't think he looked physically intimidating enough, and I can get that. But, that's, but at the same time, he can be fucking intimidating. Oh. And you know who else was also in the running for the Terminator? O.J. Hey. Simpson. And you know why they didn't cast him? Nobody's going to believe him as a cold-blooded killer. He's, you know, uh, he's got the, the naked gun, you know, in his near future. He's Norbert. He's, he's going he's the comedy fine, route. Right? It's fine. He, so... Nobody think he'll be a killer. Woo. Hey. Yeah. Now, our time in the animal testing facility, we do get someone trying to want to give a little expose, and our opening kill, which is shot via point of view, so we don't really see what's doing the killing, but there's kind of a nice little gag of her learning Spanish. Yeah. And the ending bit is just an adios. 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 Goodbye. It's funny. And, and then we open up with the first animal we see is badgers. Well, oh, we don't need no stinking badgers. And the dogs through time montage. That um, was crazy because it starts off like all happy and nice, and then yes. then it shows like wood carvings of people putting sticks up dogs' buttholes, and you're like, and I'm not exaggerating on no, this one at like, all. It's in, it's there, and like what? And you're like, what's going on? And they're and showing like, like then dogs historic, being let loose on people, on people, and then dog like dog fighting, and then dogs like being let loose on like raiding dogs, and then they show back to dogs with like puppies and kittens and, then, and yes. kids and children and playing norman rockwell shit and then they show dogs uh, pictures now these are art drawing these are paintings. Oh, this is high this art is not like when we say pictures when i'm not like talking about like someone's taking like, a photograph this is the but, like, shit you would of, see like in the hunting Louvre. parties and dogs destroying rabbits and foxes then back to like mm-hmm. protecting the home and like and it i'm surprised they didn't show the copper tone girl <laughs> couldn't get the rights <laughs> it was a low budget film that being said, though, it sets this really 
and like mixed I, tone. And that's fine because, like I mentioned earlier, everywhere this movie is so all over the place. But we knew going in, it it we anticipated possibly some Terminator s shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And we talk about people that are very part of the DNA of the show, and to talk about an age of demarcation. But Genius McGee. On the screen, on a, on a brochure that you would have gotten in the mail, we had a size Sperling spotting. Oh man, oh man, I that was nice. Yeah, it was. Had I not seen this with you, I would have felt bad and ashamed, and I would have checked my hairline. I'm and real sensitive about my hair. Gotta play this as an alligator double feature. Killer animals yes. gone amok. Science oh. run amok. And being being a little uh, be- because you know what? Theoretically, this could be set in the same world because. The in the alligator, they were feeding. They're throwing the dogs that were on the true. science experiments That's down very the sewers. True. This is very true. And here we got the science experiment. So, like theoretically, this could be in the same like nature run amok universe. Well, I and I this I think Size speaks to how wonderful this movie is and how full I like it this is. Movie so much. I bought the company. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, Tibetan mastiff. The fact that we had five dogs Big to portray Max dogs. and Big huge dogs. Some we've seen some really, really good dog and animal acting this month. This this dog mean mugged people though. And we've proven Ed from uh Yes and Shaun of the Dead, Dead wrong. No, I think it was Big Al. Is Big, Big Al. Al. There's a moment in this film where the bad boyfriend is trying to poison him almost like a nine to five style with the rat poison. <laughs> Looked like the skinny and sweet. The dog looks has looking down at the food, and then literally does look the up eyes like, look up. The fuck you trying to do to me? And man. it's that moment when and it's just the eyes move up by themselves, nothing else. That is good dog acting. Yeah, it is. That was effective, and it just we started laughing. We're like, oh shit, that dog means business. And then his. He just starts slowly but surely getting more aggravated mm-hmm. and adding more and more nuance to the face. I'm not I don't know which of the five dogs this was, but this was wonderful. The journey that was taken with it. And what also not only does this dog this is a brave star dog because he has the strength of the bear, he has the speed of the puma, he's got the eyes of the owl instead yeah. of the hawk, and he's got don't forget the nails of a jaguar. 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 Yeah. Ears of the wolf. Yeah, he's got ears of the wolf. He's got speed of the ja- speed of the puma, eyes of the owl, strength of the bear. And speed of the puma. Brave dog. Brave dog. Well, and going in the grand tradition of a lot of the films we've already watched this and, month. And he's got chameleon powers. Not too bad CGI for 93. I'm just yeah, saying, I know the same year we have, you know, again, Carnosaur and bad. Jurassic Park. It's not bad. It ain't great, but it ain't bad. But in dogs, we had possible science involved with a linear accelerator and maybe why the dogs are running amok. Mm-hmm. In the Watchers, we get the Oxcom. The Oxcom. And science involved with the dog and the Muton. Muton. To this one, we have straight up, like, in, in White God, we have revenge. Yes. <laughs> just straight up just revenge. revenge. <laughs> but here, no, we definitely have Lance Henriksen as a Dr. Frankenstein mm-hmm. creating this ultimate, and he says it, he says the title. This, this is not just man's best friend. Yay! Of which... We, we did we yay. Did yay. <laughs> what the hell do when they say the title? But this is where you do take all the typical dog shenanigans that you would see in Beethoven, that you do see in Air Bud, but then you add, okay, if, if the dog is Frankenstein's monster or the shape. There's something that's got a bad happen. Oh, um, the dog's so smart, he saved my uh, my purse from a mugger. Meanwhile. The mugger's in pieces behind a dumpster. Oh, man. He he's doing dog shenanigans like dogs will do, like chasing mailmen. He's trying to bury the mailman underneath the yard. And I'm actually familiar with this because this this scene was used in Friday where Craig's dad is like, that's your ass, Mr. Mr. Postman. Yeah. It's fantastic. You catch the dog. Have to worry about the dog catching you. Did you you worked with him, correct? Mm-hmm. You opened for him back I did. I did. I did. Uh, I did five shows with him. Two shows on Friday night and three shows on Saturday because they added a midnight show on Saturday night. And it was a blast. It was a hoot. Um, 
didn't talk to him a lot, but we did. Like he's like, oh, thank you, thank you. And we do bang, 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 right? And so had his shtick prepared. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah and so fair. I got to that watch his fair. show, and he could work a crowd. And that's just it. He was that's old school. He was only telling dirty jokes and yeah. just being like funny. Yeah, and just funny old, like talking to an old uncle, just like just foul random ass shit, and all like, ooh, look at you, burger. <laughs> You know, talking to the waitress. Well, and I love the fact then that, again, via an overlapping here, you know, man's best friend is mm-hmm. connected to Friday. And also both of them were released by New, New Line. Pit, New Line. And Bob Shea has a cameo in this. As he will usually find him somewhere in the background. I guess, I guess nobody would believe Lynn Shea is a mechanic. <laughs> I got this Actually, one, Lynn. You, I got this one. If you could have thrown Lynn Shea as one of the dog catchers, mm-hmm. then it would have it been even better. And that's... I'm not going to say we have beef per se. But we got goop dog catchers not getting their comeuppance. We needed comeuppance for the... that. If anything, we learned from White God. You got to get the you know the dog catchers some comeuppance. You're a dog catcher. You get comeuppance. You know what they reminded me of? The cops in Halloween 5. The inept cops in with Halloween? The, and the, the weird score behind them. Mm-hmm. And they're like just afterthought goof side characters. And there's the moment where we thought they were going to get their comeuppance. And it ended up being a comedic locks, beat. He, oh, he, he locks him in the garage. And we, again, we're like, Cause ha, he's ha, like, Because he's like, he's oh, clear. no, it's the dog catchers. Don't chase me, Mr. Dog Catchers. Right? Because he just outrun the cop with another little bit of goof CGI. Mm-hmm. Here they come out there. They go in the garage. The next thing, the garage door closes. I'm like, he's going to fuck them up because he's been habitually line step. They've been habitually line step the whole time. He uses, we finally, we've been teased his super chameleon powers mm-hmm. the whole time. We finally get him in action. He pulls a predator. <laughs> <laughs> the dog catcher's ready. <laughs> <laughs> he's got catnip. Oh, God. Um, That's awful. But uh, no. So then he comes up. And they're like, where'd he go? Oh, do, 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 do. I mean, they're literally walking slow in unison, mm-hmm. right? With goof music behind him. Mm-hmm. Dog appears out of nowhere, right? Like two inches in their face. Roof, roof, roof. I'm su- and they run out. I'm surprised when they ran out, they didn't keep the door closed. And their outline of, them of the body yeah. would have been out there. And they would have like, ah. But that door opens up. They run off. They get in their car and they go. The dog doesn't chase the car. The they the dog doesn't jump into the car and like eat them. And the, as far as I know, they got away. They They're the still doing the dog They're catching still, stuff. Exactly. They need to have gotten mauled. And now, we, if you're a dog catcher, I'm sorry, but you're gonna get mauled. Let's let's talk about the comeuppance that happened, that had us indeed cheer. Yay! And deserved comeuppance because our beloved cousin Daryl. And this is probably. Goes back to last week mm-hmm. when the hobo eventually took in Hagen, and we're like, "Hey, you know, he's going to be a buddy of this buddy dad. hobo." But nope, not sold at all. Him in and like this would this was same thing. Carol, cousin Daryl was going to do was going to sell him into dog fighting, and but Max ain't sh- having that. The shovel incident, first and foremost, that's part of the Yelp review right there. Exactly. Boom! I'm like, God damn, cousin Daryl, you don't hit a dog, whether mutant science experiment or not, over the head with a shovel. Not at all. Not that's at not all. cool. But. Even though he's a doggy rapist, you still don't deserve oh, it. God damn that scene. That's so weird. I know. I know. Laughs, I know it was. And it leads to the stinger. I know. I know. Oh, God damn it. That's right. But maybe if someone had done this to Max that he did to the junkyard guy, because here we get a full on chomping of the junk. As mm-hmm. we said, the junkyard mm-hmm. dog, you know, biting the junk. It's that's fairly appropriate in a way. But it's also, it's good comeuppance. Speaking of, who would win? Max or uh, oh. Robo Barker? Oh, Robo Barker. Oh, Robo Barker in mm-hmm. terms of trying to neuter him? As in Bob Barker. Yeah. We just talked about I must take your... Mm. He's like, he's just like, this is like a job for Robo Barker. Oh, that's good. Honestly, I, I'm going to give it to Robo Barker. Yeah. I really do think so. Yeah. Especially if he's got if he's like uh, RoboCop two, where it's uh-huh. the like the they put in a cane, mm-hmm. so he still has that drive. Yeah, you know, if as long as the spirit's still there, exactly. It's the spirit of Ro- the spirit yeah. of. Uh, I I've seen enough of some of the Heisei Gen- that Mecha Godzilla is the good guy. Think General Grievous, like he's a cyborg. He's kind of android he's cyborg, breathing. right? So plus, I've seen him in real life. He's got good form boxing. Right. So if he is controlling it from within, 
Yeah, I'm putting my money on okay. uh, Robo Barker. Yeah, okay, cool. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think I all agree now, with you. Now, the other thing we had we we thought was funny was that uh, Max pees acid, which... A it comes into play. It could have been a thrown away joke. Because the unfortunately, thing this was just after the doggy rape. So, like, it was like, and he's pissing acid over a fire hydrant. The fire hydrant melts. And it's like, okay, okay. that's kind of funny. But then later on, when he utilizes it with the bad boyfriend yeah which, that was great right in the face which we i would have appreciated maybe a reveal of it or the fact that technically the boyfriend lives now that being said probably horribly scarred from here and on out how would you explain that like what happened dog oh, piss. piss well questions does that uh, all the great dog actors we've seen mm-hmm. uh, we've referenced a few of them already in past episodes mm-hmm. but do you think because of the particular peen power that he has he went up to a lot of uh, jobs with the, the dog from Freddy Four that peed fire. So let me ask you this: We just had the steel cage match of that. Now let's now let's flip it on there. I'm not condoning dog violence or dog fighting at all, but let's turn these dogs into Mortal Kombat characters. You got the acid one. You got the fire one. Okay. As long as I know the particular you know ways to control them, I can actually do that. Ooh, the question so is: So who though, would win, acid or fire? The two dogs. Uh, I'll just you know what I'm gonna go. I'll just go fire, just to, you yeah. know, be a little bit lazy potentially. But I'm just now thinking of like, you know, finish him. What is their dogality? Yeah, pupality. Pupality is they turn into puppies, puppies again and like sniffality. They're friends because they sniff the butts. Mm-hmm. It's you know how you exactly. say hello. Exactly. And then of course, then the fatality. Finish which... him. Get him. Sick him. Sick him. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Um, looking at. We talked about the cat carnage, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it it was all puppetry. Yeah. So fortunately, nothing, no one was hurt as we we see it at the very end. Something that I thought was very funny, and we noticed throughout was uh, people in lieu of morticians or people working in the morgue, where you know the trope is eating food over dead bodies. We got like weird like people eating food with filthy hands as a mechanic. I yeah. Mean, like, they didn't. Even, she was. He was. Doing an oil change or something, eating a burrito. And I'm like, you're going to get oil all over it. A security guard was doing it, talking about all the donuts and everything. People, everybody was eating everything over, like, inappropriately eating. And it's just, and what I mean by inappropriately eating, not, like, content or quantity, but location. Location. It just was odd. Right. Which, not to beat a dead you know, dog. Splice dog yeah. but this movie is just so totally all it's over the everywhere. place. everywhere. And as we... Turned out is that it was a lot of the the studios saying, "Hey, we're going to reshoot this. We need to add this," which makes sense. A Frankenstein dog would have a Frankenstein movie, right? With just these bits and pieces put together, that I was entertained enough to carry myself throughout it. But at the same time, I can understand if this is not going to be someone's bag. Because again, if you don't if you don't like horror comedy, because this one not is not really balanced. Is. It is not balanced. No. It is not Tucker and Dale. No, 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 no. It's, it is not. It's <laughs> It's like almost three different stories in one, you know? And then you have milkshakes in between everything. So, and the casualness of the kids walking in. It was like from a sitcom. It was. I expected someone to be like, oh. Yay, it's Joey. Do, 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 do. And that kid could not have been more 1990s. From his flyaway helmet to his little wrist guards and his mm-hmm. little junior lightning ra- uh, rollerblades that he is on. But he can fuck right the fuck off. Because he's the one that like told the he sicked him. He told the dog to sick the cat. Took then he, no responsibility. Nope. And then he took and then he taught the bird bad words. Oh, okay. So Although that's kind of funny. I will always appreciate. That's the kind of like a, a little kid cursing or an old person cursing. Mm-hmm. A bird cursing is it's kind hilarious. of the next best thing. Fuck off. <laughs> screw up. Was it screw you? I believe it yeah. was said. Screw you. Fart face. Fart, Fart face. face. But then, unfortunately. The bird gets eaten by the dog. As we probably anticipated. Yeah. But everybody's drinking milkshakes. Ali Sheedy's milkshakes. Ali Sheedy made a milkshake. The kid swipes it. The cop swipes it. The dog swipes it. And it's the milkshake that's ever actually covering the fact when he's getting his the acid peed on mm-hmm. him. He, right in the face. The R and R Kelly stands for Rover. I was hoping that would never lift its leg again. I shouldn't have said it, but I stand by my words. <laughs> be you, my friend. Be you. <laughs> well, we get the great 
thing of the fact we know he can run quickly, so we do get some car chases and actually some kind. The fact that he's out faster than a car, it, Lance it, Hendrickson's car. It's a gag I can appreciate, and it, they even talk about kind of the CG. And maybe it's also because I just recently watched Freebie and the Bean, which contains a crazy car chase with just a lot of carnage. Uh, there's something about a dog, the one that's like outsmarting them, weaving them in, and yeah. then boom. But we were also worried about the dog in the car in the car chase. Spike? Spike. Little Spike. The whole time. Little cute Spike. Then Spike from the get-go, showing his particular utility mm-hmm. about messing with electricity and outlets. And the ending of this film, where from the end, where we think maybe, we know Lance Henriks isn't, isn't dead, but that was an impressive car crash. Yeah, it was. One. It was a very impressive car crash. But the we, stunts in here were pretty good because the, 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 the car crash, the breaking through the windows, the sugar glass, the doors, all the... The fact that Max actually cuts the brakes for the bad boyfriend's car to make it look like an accident. Oops. He's a schemer. Yeah, he is. It's great. He is. Here you little schemers. It's wonderful. But then the end scene when you have the final showdown and you get where part of the Yelp review where Max, we find Max actually isn't really going to go crazy. He actually has regained his humanity in a way. In a roundabout way. He still has that killer instinct but he because he's now in his true not true monster form well yeah let's talk about the the burning of the dog mm-hmm. which is again all puppet right but if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff it's still because it looks cool mm-hmm. but at the same time like oh he's not metal no i was promised on the cover that he would have been metal and he's not i'm seeing kind of grizzle and bone mm-hmm. and, and i like, have to do I have to finish that I think I, <laughs> yeah. it's terrifying it's gross. It's unsettling. And yeah. as you mentioned, when you get a far away look at him, you're like, oh, he looks kind of googly eyed. Like he that does. looks unsettling. He does. Like, like, like Shin Godzilla when he yeah, works. When he, works his, when he first works his yes. way and he's on like all fours. Blah, 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 blah. It's off. Yeah, it is. And even the close ups, again, credit to whichever of the, the dogs they used on that one, but, you know, setting up with the lighting mm-hmm. in a particular way. It, he, he was wonderful. But the sacrificing of the self. Lance Henriksen going, being blasted out of the thing onto the electricity, and then that little spike comes up, plugs it in, finishes the which job. is what does it off. Yeah. Oh my god, teamwork, so cute till the end. And yes, technically the dog is sacrificed, and you know the dog Max dies. regains. You know he right. does. Question: Given the heinous shit that he did, because there were multiple times when we were watching this genius, we were like, "Are we supposed to be rooting for this dog?" Because he did some heinous stuff. We shouldn't be. Deri- Rooting for rape. We had issues. We we're right. like, I, I, and and I know that you know, anti-hero guys. Come on, but it's like, and I listen. If you go back to some of those old Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns, he does some heinous yeah. shit. Yeah, but is still painted as the hero. So that I know is part of the genre, part of the trope. But does he redeem himself with the sacrifice? Uh, no, because he killed a cat. <laughs> that's the ultimate sin. Yeah, that's fair. About all the fairness, maybe he did because then he would stop Lance Hendrickson from experimenting on more dogs. That's and fair. More animals because he did definitely was looking for the money. Because there was a lot of animals, not just dogs that they were experimenting on. It looked like a fucking menagerie. As we said, do you want a? Do you want twenty eight days later? Because that's, that's how, how you, you get, get twenty eight days later. It's just you don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the end, we get we see little Spike. And we turns out we get what's played as a gag, our pu- and we both stinger. saw it coming. And we're like, "Oh the little, man!" The little kids like, "Come here, let's see what happened here." And yeah, we see the puppies, we see the product of that heinous thing, and There's the pr- this big one giant ass ma- mastiff. And as we would with a new line film, keep at least keep the option open for a sequel. You never know. Never know. Yeah, we could have men, man's best friends. Or something along the line. Man's best friend, leader of the pack. Son of man's best friend, as we would have had. That being said, this has been a very, like I said, an interesting month. Ideally, I've taken in three new films, Mm -hmm. explored a a genre of which the very people that it's made from, the dogs, are, you know, again, I took Charlie to the park today. Yeah. I feel bad for not being with her right now, but more, I still feel when the cats were around and that scene happened, I'm shocked you didn't actually shield their eyes. Like, no, 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 biscuit, no. No, Frank. I, this is almost like a cautionary tale. You see what happens out there. 
Like I'm manipulating them. And like you see if you go outside. Do we have to wrap this up so you can be on the Barry Lutz show? <laughs> right. No, it's not monkey torture. Just kitty like, torture. There's dogs out there that will eat you just like that. And you want that? You want to go out there and live uh, out there? That's what I'm protecting you from. <laughs> that's that's appropriate. That's appropriate. I, final or other thoughts here on Man's Best Friend? I really enjoyed it. And it was funny because like, it was the cat scene, the lead up to the cat scene where I was like, I do remember this now. This is all coming back. And I'm like, and I think you said, if, I'm not going to like this now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. From <laughs> probably in 93, you would have been like, ha! You would have probably did a monstrous hop back right. in the day to be now a little like, edgelord. Right? And now I'm like, oh. I, I, I don't find this funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's like multiple times. Same thing. The, the doggy rape is played for laughs, and I'm over there like, I don't find this funny at all. It is funny to see you soured, <laughs> and especially in hindsight, knowing that you were able to come back with the movie. You didn't have the, you know, the the Mick Flowers, hopefully, right. in this case, or, or like the, the Dead Games. Like there was, there was no ASPCA. If there wasn't for the ASPCA and Dead Games, it I would, was. it would have been curtains. <laughs> I'd have been so pissed at that movie. Uh, thankfully, though, right, a, a good thing happened at the very end. So no, this has been a wonderful month of programming. Now. Actually, looking towards next month, uh, we're keeping it local. Yes. As it turns out, I'm uh, going to be talking to a number of artists here that live in the Kansas City area and that are contributing to some wonderful things in said Kansas City area. And I will say, actually, just a cat out of the bag, next week will be our Crypticon episode. Uh-huh. The go Do it. <laughs> Tales. Tales from the Crypticon. <laughs> But a real quick update so I don't have to actually put it in the show. Uh, we were talking to Keith uh, from the Slash and Bash Film Festival. Um, because of the strike, the the original people that were coming in, uh, the actors from Fright Night, mm -hmm. uh, basically all the, the main actors the main from characters. there uh -huh. are not going to be attending. Uh, they are going to be there next year. That being said, on Saturday the 25th, I believe a number of local Kansas City filmmakers will be uh, showing movies, doing some Q&As. I know we're going to be helping out with that. Mm -hmm. So we highly encourage you to come out for that. It will be a good time. But just to give you a heads up, all the stuff that we gush over during that episode didn't happen, so I guess we cursed it. <gasps> yeah. Maybe that's what we summoned. Oh, Maybe no. that's what was summoned outside. Maybe. Remember? Yeah, it It just was. took a while. Yeah, it was. Oh, shit. Ooh, ooh. Our tales from Crypticon have consequences. So um, there goes our uh, double feature, How's Your Summer, where we're <laughs> dedicated to another character actor puns have have puns have consequences my goodness with great puns comes great responsibilities so until that time this is greg d i'm genius mcgee <laughs> and we'll see you in your dreams <laughs> my milkshake does bring all the boys to the yard <gasps> Give my milkshake.